passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring. Boring, boring. Hey, one thing the game needs is more people like you. You, you. Still have grown men run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. It's Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. There's Salt Lamakia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball. Baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Radford. Swing, fly ball, well hit center. Christian back. It's gone. We're Home run call of the day. There you go. Wilson Contreras, Chip Carey on the call. Great home run, great home run call. Speaking of great home runs, let's look at another home run. Bryce Harper, home run that left the bat at 115.7 miles per hour, went 432 feet. It was a second straight night that Harper hit a home run. And most notably, he did it all for a caller named Chuck. Here, listen to this. It's funny, I was driving in today and, you know, I'm listening to WIP like I do a lot, um, the two o'clock hour, and uh, a guy named Chuck called in and he calls in a lot of his players. Uh, but I said, uh, you know, he was talking about our team and talking about me and stuff, and um, I walked in the training room and I was like, I'm going to go deep tonight for Chuck. Uh, that guy had me fired up, man. All right, the callers on WIP are friends at from Odyssey, the world of Odyssey, they are the straw that stirs a drink. As Bryce Harper said, you listen to them, you hit home runs. It's science. Well, speaking of science, we have to get to, to lead on a little bit of science in terms of figuring out who gets a crack at all these players the Angels just put on waivers. Who is it? Lucas Giolito. Hey, you wanted a starting pitcher at the trade deadline? No need. You don't need to trade for anybody. Waiver wire. There you go. Here's the waiver order. Of you heard about all these guys that the, the Angels put on on waivers: Ronaldo Lopez, Lucas Giolito, Hunter Renfro. You go. You you have the Mets putting Carlos Carrasco on on waivers. So the waiver order: teams who are in it, who are lining up perhaps to take a crack at these guys for just money. All right. Well, let's start 
with a team that legitimately has, still has a chance to make the postseason. That's the Marlins. So the Marlins would be the first team. They are 14th in the waiver wire order right now. Right after them are the Reds, 15. Right after them, 16. Now, the Red Sox, okay, 17. But they're falling out of it, six and a half. Now that you have the Diamondbacks, then you have the Twins, and you have the Cubs, and you have the Blue Jays, and you have the Phillies, and you have the Astros. So you have all these teams that potentially could really, really use these players. But right now it looks like if, if teams who want to help themselves, who have legitimate chances, then if we're talking about those teams, well, the Marlins are still only three back in the wild card. The Reds only two back. The Diamondbacks only a half game back. Those are the teams. And the Giants. Well, the Giants, they are, uh, you know, I, I take that back. The Giants flip-flop. Giants and the Arizona Diamondbacks. So there you go. All of those teams are lumped together. All right. Well, anyway, that was a big news. But we also had a great conversation. Big news. Great conversation. Keep the ball rolling. How about yesterday? Holy mackerel. What great conversations we have. James Outman. Sadan Raffaella talking about what it's like to be a first-day rookie in the major leagues, how your life has changed. Then we talked to Justin Verlander and Lance Lynn about how they took advantage of switching teams and what that made, what a difference that made for them. Those are great conversations. And then, because we took the picture of Tanner Houck wearing his necklace of a skull around his neck, the skull being his 3D image of his face, his fractured face. Well, we wanted to get to the bottom of it so that we didn't just settle on the picture. We, I went and actually talked to Tanner for a baseball isn't boring on the go, explaining in detail how the skull necklace came about and all the detail that went with it. All right, and today, keep the ball rolling. We had a great conversation with Kendall Graveman. Kendall Graveman is one of the guys coming from the White Sox, one of the many guys who was traded to the White Sox. And great guy. Uh, we really appreciate him sitting down. We, got, we touched on a lot of subjects, a lot of pertinent subjects, much like Verlin or what it's like to go to the Astros, how that is different, what they see in you, how they change things, how they tweak things. You know, we talk a lot about Kendall Graveman's good buddy, my co-author, Joe Kelly. We, we get to the bottom of the highly, highly, highly rated, not highly rated, but very much debated, who, how do you fake pay for something at dinner? Which obviously goes back to a podcast we did with Joe, the, the f- fake pay hashtag that we started caught fire. You know, of course... How does that, how do you do that? People who fake pay. Who, people who fake pay at dinner. Well, Kendall Graveman actually has a great, great solution to this. So we talk about fake paying with Kendall Graveman. We talk about, of course, the White Sox, what might have gone wrong there. So just a lot of good stuff from Graveman, who also explains how, what he has switched up since joining the Astros. The Astros, by the way, who all of a sudden, are part of this crazy race in the American League West. Right now, you have a three-way tie for first place. The Mariners, the Rangers, the Astros. The Astros have now won four in a row. 
All right. Well, part of that Astros team that won four in a row is Kendall Graben. Rate, review, subscribe. Thank you, FanDuel, for jumping aboard, being part of our family. And thank you, Producer Evan, for dominating the socials. At BB isn't boring. At BB isn't boring. All right. Here you go. Here's Kendall Graben. The straw that stirs a drink. There you go. The man, the man who should have come to dinner with us in Chicago, Kendall Gravy. I mean, do you, of all the good things that happened to you this year, missing out on going to dinner with Joe Kelly and myself must have been like a, a gut punch, huh? Yeah, I was high up on the, the good things that happened to me. No. <laughs> oh my God. I love the fact that he, you, know, you taunted him the day after. You made him feel so bad for a few seconds. Which, by the way, so one of the things that came out of that, Kendall, was the I had Joe on the podcast. And I said, we, we started the hashtag, people who fake pay. Uh-huh. Like, this is the amount of people on that table that tried to fake pay. So where do you stand? Like, so so Joe, Joe had a very, as you can imagine, had a very, like, defined view of fake paying. So when you go to a dinner like that, like, do you, do you fake pay? Like, what's your stance on fake paying? My stance over the past few years has been when I get there, I always want to take care of the people that I'm with. And... A lot of times, I'll just go ahead and give my card. I'll say, hey, i got to go to the restroom, excuse myself, and they go find the server and say, hey, just hold this card when you get done. Ooh. Hey, just run this card. So that you don't have the awkward moment of everyone trying to reach for their wallet and then someone saying, hey, I got it. So just go ahead up front, get it done with, and then come back at the end of the night. They bring the bill with your card that's already been run. You just sign it and... And you say, hey, guys, I got that it. That is the most thought-out fake-paying <laughs> or non-fake-paying I've ever heard. Right. I mean, Joe, Joe is basically this like, well, either you're richer than me or you're not richer than me. If, you, if, if you're not richer than me, then I'm paying. Yeah, right. so. No, that's, uh, that's so true. And then even some people that are richer than me, if you go ahead and do that, it's a, uh, a lot of times I just want to share with them, hey, thanks for taking care of a lot of people. And... And then young guys are guys or people that aren't as rich. Like in the off season, if I take minor league guys that I work out with to a dinner or whatever it may be, and I pay, and I just ask them to pay it forward, that when oh. they start making money, I just ask that you take care of people. So it kind of puts it back on their their plate. For who the is the? Because it's not like saying you're a bad human being, but who is the best fake payer that you've ever been around? Oh man! Uh, or 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 you can spin it this way: Who was? the guy that like was not who is like this relentless in saying you are not paying for this either one i would rather have the, the best fake <laughs> yeah right no um i mean it's kind of understood like in the game you kind of already know going in i can't say nah. of anybody that i've had Either way, that okay, has done either. it is understood because yeah. we can all see contracts. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's all public knowledge. <laughs> uh, all right. So, what's it like to be traded? Uh, this is a question. Um, you you've been involved. You've been involved in two deadline deals now. Um, I, we had Jerry Depoto on the podcast, and he was talking about the last one, which was like when you were traded the last time from Seattle. Was like he was telling say how for for a couple of days there it was like a gut punch, and for you that must have been a shock. Yeah. I mean, this wasn't probably that much of a shock, but take, how how was it? How were the two deals or trades for you different? Yeah, there are a lot of similarities, um, but also some differences. Uh, that one was a little bit more of a shock being the first time at a deadline that I was traded. So there were also some question marks of am I staying, am I not. 
Um, this one was a little more clear cut uh, of, hey, it's probably going to happen. But um, I think, you know, the biggest difference for me, um, even though I'm coming to the same organization, is where we're at in the division. And last time I came over here, we were quite a few games up in the division. And this year we're battling. You know, we're, we're in a tight race to the end. So um, the light switch is on. And we're not just, uh, as in 21, kind of getting to the postseason. So now we're, we're really battling, and I think the guys are handling it well. And I think that would be the biggest difference of, of being traded. I talked to Verlander yesterday about the dynamic of when you go from one organization to another. About, you know, and this is, there's organizations, Tampa, the Dodgers, Houston, where it is what it is, man. They got results when it comes to, we see this in you, we're going to, if you do this, you're going to be better. Right. It is. Now you've gone through this twice with Houston. He's gone through this twice with Houston. It's like So was it the same in that respect? It was, but they also noticed that there was some different usage uh, from me this year in pitches and how percentage-wise I've used some different pitches. And I think that was something that was not the first time it was pretty clear-cut of what I was doing. Um, this year was I've you know started throwing the four-seam a little bit and I think that was something that kind of raised their eyebrows over here. It's like, hey, he's changed just a touch. And the communication the first year was, hey, keep doing what you're doing. This year was, hey, we really like what you're doing. Here's how we think we, you can get better. And you're right. There's organizations that really um, have a underlying study of each mm-hmm. guy that they trade for and what they see and then what they ex- could see that could be better or something that you could stop doing that may make you better and that's a it comes with trust you have to trust and there are some organizations around the league that have built trust amongst guys that haven't even played for them so if you do get traded to those teams like the ones you mentioned uh, this being one in houston you you just you really trust them without even knowing them before uh you get here and that's what kind of happened the first time and then obviously building relationships you grow that trust well everybody in the box at the green day concert that we went to <laughs> is with a different organization except me <laughs> <laughs> which is true <laughs> yes. and, and as you talking i thought of that because the guy that came to mind with me was deekman right yeah. he was there yeah and lynn was there and yeah. deekman was there you were there uh oh no bank's still he's still there yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so but uh but deekman like when he came through he said that when he said exactly he echoed that which is in different words but he said when you hear it from Tampa, like I've been told this a lot, but when you hear it from these people, like it's the trusting, right? Yeah. You kind of listen a little bit, not more, but yeah. it, it, it just it just hits a little bit right. differently, right? And I think, uh, you know, you have to then break it down to where does trust come from? And like I said, relationships, building that relationship, there's trust. But also seeing guys from around the league go to an organization and immediately start to succeed. You know, the, the teams that come to mind are very much so the ones that you mentioned uh the dodgers tampa houston and you start seeing that guys start to i won't say put it together because it was obviously there they didn't change a ton when they got there but maybe they built confidence in them um but that trust is something that is key uh, when you come to an organization that really knows their stuff all right so let's get wonky why did you start throwing your four seamer why did like so they I think you look around the league. Uh, there's a lot of guys going to both. If you're able was that to. this this year more than more than ever? Yeah, uh, yeah. And you know, 
it took a while for me to begin to learn why I could throw it and potentially be successful throwing it. And that, to me, is something that um, took a lot of digging into the numbers. And once we started doing that, uh, it built confidence as the reason why I thought I could be successful with it. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus when you hear, like, leading up to the deadline, we knew, you know, especially the last couple of weeks there, we knew sort of what was going to happen with the White Sox. And, you know, we all knew the names, you know, you and Lynn and Cho and Middleton and all these guys. So it, it's a nervous time, and you're probably like, because you have a family, you're like, well, where am I going to end up? You know, and then when you hear Houston, much like with Joe, like with L.A., you're like, oh, man, that, that's, that's a good thing. No, this is, uh, I'm thankful. And every time you get traded um, to a contender at the deadline, then it makes you feel wanted. So I I think for me personally, it's an easier transition because I've been in Houston. I know the lay of the land. I know where potentially to live. Uh, I know the group of guys. I know the coaching staff. And all of that, from a human standpoint, not even a baseball player standpoint, makes it easier to make that transition. So I, I really am appreciative of, you know, the White Sox and my time there, but also appreciative that um, even though I was here for four months before, that I was uh, thought of well enough to, to trade back for me, and that, that makes a, a player and a person feel, feel wanted. How does it feel different this time? I mean, other than, like you said, the record, yeah. but... Um, or does it? I mean, maybe it doesn't. Maybe it's no, like, it, oh, I know everything. Yeah. <laughs> same restaurant, same condo, yeah. and everything. It doesn't feel too much different um, from the standpoint of it was a year and a half before I was here last time, and it felt like it was just a few months. Same, oh, really? Same faces, same yeah. same people. That is easy. I don't have, I'm, a, I'm big on trying to remember names, so this time coming in, I had a bunch of the names already figured out. So that's one less thing I had to do on my checklist. And um, so, yeah, it feels comfortable. It feels um, it feels the same. The um, I'm not going to ask you, like, about the, the big picture white size, but I do want to, like, going to obviously follow you guys. I picked you guys to be at the top of the division. I felt like in spring training that you guys, like, it was a new, like, just like it's a, in a nutshell for you guys, what was the most surprising thing that didn't work out? I think just the most surprising thing is it's how we were unable to put it all together in a certain game, you know, and be days where we hit well, we didn't pitch it well. There'd be days we didn't play good defense, but we hit and pitched well. And 
there's some very good talent um, that was was over there and still is over there and for whatever reason it just didn't click on enough given nights in Chicago to say hey we put it all together tonight and we won and I think that was the most surprising part um, you know like I said there was two one games and then that we would end up losing and then there was games that was like nine to eight and that was uh, the part to me that was a little bit um, unique about the situation I was surprised that more people didn't read the book. Right. Yeah, it's because Joe wanted to make everyone pay for the book and didn't want to give it away. And so not as many people got the book. Literally, <laughs> I showed up. Kendall. I drove to New York with a box of books and a box of T-shirts. That for, as far as I know, sat in his locker. Yeah, he probably tried to sell them down to Central Park. <laughs> to some, some guys walking around, so we never saw him. I begged him for months to, to get the book. I finally got the book, and I told Joe that this book is going to get read one day when I'm sitting on a lake at my lake house, and I'm going to text him when both of our careers are over, say, hey, I just finished your book. So I will read it. I've kept it. I've got it with me, and I will make that promise to you and him that, hey, this book is going to get read, but it's going to be on my time when I'm sitting on a lake. <laughs> so because because you you're good friends with Joe and because I I can only everything is vetted through me through Joe. Yeah. I said this to him and maybe no one cares about this but I don't care. That is about the book. So it's I said this is like an active player to write a book. Like it's hard man. Yeah. It's hard for a lot of reasons. It's hard because of publicity. It's hard because like, you know, I get there's a sheepishness of like hey you wrote that book or whatever how did he handle like being a co-author of a bestseller I think um, personally his mind the way it works is very impressive for him to sit down in a season out of a season and to spend months of, of tough work and diligent work to be able to get all of it done you and him and the people that he reached out to the creativeness that comes with that that's what people don't get to see a lot from each of, from us players they see our talent and our ability on a baseball field but there's so many guys around the league not just writing books that are able to do so many different things um, that is kind of lost in the mix but I was super impressed there was times where we were in New York and I asked Joe you know what he was doing for the day or what he did and he said he, he'd be meeting um, talking about the book, trying to write the book, trying to oh, finish yeah. the book. Yeah, that was so, me. Yeah, yeah, that was, yeah, yeah. With you. And I, I just thought, I found it very impressive. Uh, he's got a mind that outside of baseball he can do whatever he wants. He's got a personality that is contagious and um, that he grab, people gravitate towards him. Um, and what you don't know a lot of times, because you see what he does between the lines, what you don't know is how caring he is, how much he, he gets to know each other's family, um, that are teammates of his. And his family's awesome. We love hanging out with them. So for me, I'm thankful I was able to be a teammate with him for a year and a half. And that's why I told him, like, listen, a lot of what you said, I'll take credit for it. Yeah, right. but, but I will say this, and I've said this before. I told him, I said, oh, you're a pretty good interviewer. So a lot of these people I talked to, but he talked to, like, the commissioner, obviously. Yeah. I said, Joe, 
Like, maybe I told you, like, Joe, you're a good interview. You know why? Because you say no shit after every second yeah. sentence. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> Just like you would. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, he does. <laughs> but, but, you're, but so, I, it's, yeah, it, but it's, I, I said this before, Kendall. One of the great things for me was getting a chance, like, getting a chance to know some of you guys and right. getting a chance to be around the people there. And, and I know it wasn't, didn't work out like everybody had hoped, but it's, uh, it was, anytime, you, life is part of, like, you take the good and that, yeah. you guys are part of the good. So I appreciate it. Well, thank you. Appreciate it. You know, if you ever need anything, you're you're good by me. So, well, I tell you what, you're invited. We'll have, we'll have a dinner together. We want to invite yeah. Joe. All yeah, right. we'll make Joe pay. <laughs> <laughs> Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.